This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. Welcome to Travel Is Your Business. Today, our guest is Joe DiTomaso, the co-founder and CEO of All The Rooms, which is the world's largest accommodation search engine. So tuck yourself in, because the show starts right now. From New York City, this is Travel Is Your Business, covering the intersection of technology and business in the travel industry with Tavan Ball, technology thought leader and community builder, John Matson, digital director at Voyager HQ, and growth strategist, Peter Crisdale. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm one of your hosts, Puff and Ball, and of course, joining me today is Mr. John Matson. Hey, how's it going? And looky, looky, we have Mr. Peter Kreisdale back in the studio with us today. Hey, everybody. What's up, Peter? Just hanging. All right. And as aforementioned, uh, we have our guest today is Mr. Joe DiTomaso. He is the co-founder and CEO of All The Rooms. What's going on, Joe? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Excited yeah. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well... Welcome to the show, man. Happy to have you over here. So why don't we start, as we usually like to do over here, is uh, by giving us a bit of an overview, 30,000-foot view of who what you are do. and what you do. Yeah. Sure. I'd love to. So um, so our mission at All the Rooms is, is pretty simple. It's to aggregate and catalog every room on the planet. Right. So what does that mean? <laughs> quite simple. It means, I mean, I, I say that on purpose, yeah. right? Make it very it's quite simple. Just, by the way, we just aggregate and catalog every room. Um so what does that mean? It means if there's a hammock somewhere in the Caribbean, a couch somewhere in New York City, uh, a five-star hotel in Hong Kong, or even a three-bedroom flat somewhere in London, you'll find that accommodation. You'll find that inventory on all the rooms. So how does that compare and contrast? Well, um, the guy with the gray hair and the gray smile and the gray shirt, he gets on TV and tells you how wonderful Trivago is and how he aggregates all these rooms. It is all gray. It is all. He wears gray, everything gray, gray. gray. Everything is like <laughs> the beard, the smile. You know, just, I think they got rid of him actually. I think that he's actually an artificial with, intelligence. With a woman. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hysterical. If he actually yeah, awesome. um, he gets on TV and tells you how wonderful they are. But what most people don't realize is, is he only aggregates hotels. He only works with partners that pay him the highest AP, the highest PPC, and he only works with partners that pay them or have qualified APIs. So what ends up happening is is um, the consumer only ends up seeing inventory or hotels that um, that are essentially paying them the highest VIG. Um, what that means is, is that they only end up aggregating about 4.5% of the market, but they actually only end up showing the customer probably about 1% of the market. And again, that's the dollars mm-hmm. that pay them the highest revenues, which is why when you look at the financials, Trivago makes about 72, 73% of all of their revenues from two providers, Priceline and uh, Expedia. So they aggregate about 850,000 hotels. Today, All the Rooms actually aggregates close to 15.79 million accommodations across the planet, about 68% of the global market. So on one side, we've got this great consumer product. You come in, you put in your search parameters, and I will show you everything um, that's available for that particular destination and location, actually live, available, and bookable. Whether it's Airbnb, VRBO, HomeAway, One Fine Stay, Couch Surfing, Priceline, Luxury Retreats, everything from free options to two, three, four thousand dollar night options. 
On one end, we've got a great consumer product. It was actually recently redesigned by Sean Modi. Sean Modi is the former head of design for Airbnb for many years. Um, so he hadn't designed a travel site since, so we're, we're the first guys he's designed. As a consultant, do you work with you guys, or he's in-house now? Uh, he was a consultant, so he's got his own mm-hmm. shop called VRTM. He's probably okay. one of the top three most highly sought-after designers I can on imagine. the West Coast. Um, so he did a great job redesigning the product, which, as you guys know, consumer experience is a big piece of the equation. So on one end, we've got our B2B solution. We've got two other really interesting products, our B2B2C solution, which is our white-label product. We partner with folks like Comic-Con, C2E2, South by Southwest. We just signed a contract with. Um, we're working with guys like Tough Mudder and, uh, and Iron Man. Really cool product that will actually allow you to search. It's a really cool interactive portal. You put in your search parameters you preload the uh, the search parameters. You just click the URL. Which race you're going to be? Customized slug, yeah. and it actually shows all the places you can stay for New York City Marathon, Comic Con, whatever the case oh, may be. So it's like yeah. there's probably about Event thirty thousand events out there. We probably cover about two thousand of them. Um, on are the those other direct end, relationships that you built, or is some of them some are, and some of them are like you know, just you can log in right now, and I can show you. You can actually create, you can create a customized event page for um, your wedding. Oh, for fantastic. your yeah, I was just going to ask that. Yeah, whatever you can do it for your own custom events. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, okay. You just go in, you log in, you put in your start date, your end date, you put in your personalized slug, alltherooms.com forward slash SXSW or Comic-Con or C2E2 or Joe and Jack's wedding, whatever the case may be. What? Um, so you mentioned like event-based booking. Um, what percentage of all hotel bookings are based on some kind of event, you know, your So it totally depends. Like if you look at, event. if you look at an event like South by, you know, when I look at the analytics, we'll do something close to 6,000 visitors. So it's a customized product. It's everything between an event widget that actually integrates on your page to a customized slugger URL that the consumer will actually click on that South by will actually integrate on their accommodations page. Mm -hmm. So you click on the widget, on the URL, you can distribute the URL, you can mask the URL with images or marketing. Um, And then, uh, so when you look at the actual analytics, depends on the time of year. So if you're looking at December, January, something close to 65% of the clickouts go to hotel inventory. Come mid-February, it's about 50-50. And then towards the end of February, going into March, into the event, like 92% of the clickouts go to the vacation rental market. Sure. Mm. The reason being is, is that, you know, there's a lot of price, a lot of price inelasticity on the vacation rental side, whereas the prices for the hotels go from 500 700 900 There's a lot of people like me who plan like three days before their trip. It's very typical. It's <laughs> no. a very typical case. But if you look at an event like PAX Prime or PAX South, which is one of the world's largest penny arcades, a significant amount of clickouts actually go to hostels, Airbnb is less than $50 in couch surfing because it's a different type of venue in a, sure. in a different Definitely. type of location. So, um, b- b- just to finish up very quickly. So on one end, we've got a consumer product, but when your mission is to aggregate and catalog every room on the planet, you're now the only site with a complete view of what's taking place across the entire accommodation spectrum, what I'll call from couch to castle, and the ability for us to analyze that data on both a macro level and a micro level by country, city, state, even neighborhood is um, incredibly powerful information that we actually sell to hedge funds, um, global business travel companies, insurance companies, and the like. So I can tell, talk. we can talk about all kinds of really interesting trends taking place in terms of the year-on-year growth rate in Airbnb, in terms of the instant booking trends that are taking place in the market, how much hotel inventory is actually showing up on Airbnb, how much vacation mm. rental inventory is showing up on the entire OTA market. Where are you getting your inventory from? How many sources? 
So we aggregate, there's about 350 different sites out there of which we aggregate close to uh, 50% of them. And that's including Airbnb? Mm -hmm. We're the only guys who do all of Airbnb. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. What's so in terms of um, your revenue and profit breakdown, I'm not asking for numbers, but um, in terms of percentages, how much is coming from uh, aggregating and selling your data sure. versus working with these event relationships versus direct So the way I think traffic. about it is this, is the consumer side of the business is low margin, um, long-term, uh, high valuation multiple, whereas the data business is near-term, uh, higher cash flow, uh, lower valuation multiple. Right. Okay, so are you kind of, um, you mentioned the high valuation based on the consumer model. Are you then kind of rooting for the underdogs to create a better value for the customers, like the, the independent hotels and the, the Airbnb that can't uh, you know, advertise on a Trivago or something like that? Yeah, so the, the advertising model is something we should talk about. So the way I think about it is this, is the travel space is Google's, and you, we can look at it from a few different perspectives, right? From a Google AdWord, AdWords perspective, um, it's Google's third highest paying vertical, right? I think it's like 23 or $24 billion a year just gets spent on Google AdWords for the travel industry. Those numbers are about two years stale, so we'd have to update them. But if you look at the, the two largest verticals, which are first and second, the first place is the insurance industry, the second is the finance industry. Um, the interesting thing about travel is, is that whereas in insurance and finance, there are um, there's a lot of regulation in terms of how to advertise what you can, what you can't do. In the travel vertical, there's none of that. It literally is like the wild, wild west. Um, so Trivago Trivago's interesting because Trivago spends, I have to look at the last set of financials, something close to, let's say, 100 to 150 million a month on Google AdWords spend. That's nothing compared to like what Priceline and Booking.com and others spend. The reason being is, is it's a fee of a fee model. Uh, we can we can spend time talking about what the economics look like and how it is that Trivago has been so successful and the difference between Meta and being an OTA and being an actual hotel um, and the reason why you're seeing so much interest lately with the hoteliers themselves frustrated with what's going on in the OTA market because they feel like the VIG is being taken from them. But there, there are some very specific things that guys like Booking.com have done that have made them so successful. The reason being the, the the implications of that associated with what's going on with Expedia, what's going on with Airbnb and the like. But so to answer your question, I don't I don't think those guys have real issues in terms of the ROI spend to acquire traffic. It's just that the hoteliers themselves don't think about it. They're not set up for it from a technical perspective, and they're not set up for it from a Google AdWords perspective. And we can go into details about that if you like. All right. Awesome, man. Well, let's take a quick uh, commercial break. And when we return, more with uh, Joe DiTomaso, the co-founder and CEO of All The Rooms. Do you remember what we used to say about running? Oh, somebody bigger had to chase you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm BJ Smith, and that's exactly how I felt about running most of my life. That was until one fall day in 2011. I was chasing my son in the backyard when... Something had to change. This was the beginning of my journey to becoming a runner. One that would take me from couch to marathon in less than two years. Now I'm setting my sights higher. This is 16 Weeks, a new podcast from Mouth Media Network, following me on my journey to get into shape 
while keeping up my obligations at work and still being there for my family. And I'm not doing it alone. My name is Keith Smart. I won a silver medal in Beijing. I'm a sport and exercise psychologist at ECU. Coach athletes all over the world. and I'll talk with experts about challenges all runners face, like figuring out how to make time to run, what to eat, and how to train. You got so dehydrated. Your heart rate went up and it felt like you were working so hard. Everything's trainable, whether it's run form, strength. That's all trainable, and so is our thinking. Subscribe now to 16 Weeks on iTunes, Google Play Music, or wherever you find great podcasts. Together, we can do this. Keep up with the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Travel Biz Show. That's Travel B-I-Z Show. Our episodes are available on iTunes and Google Play and online at travelisyourbusiness.com. Plus, there are a lot more great shows on Mouth Media Network. Take a trip to mouthmedianetwork.com to enjoy them all. And remember, we love fan mail. Drop us a note to say hi, suggest a guest, or if you'd like to become a sponsor on the show, email us at travelbizshow at mouthmedianetwork.com. Welcome back to Travel Is Your Business. We're talking with Joe DiTomaso. <laughs> Joe, let's uh, let's kind of rewind a little bit, and I want to understand the founding story. I mean, what was the original opportunity you saw here, and sure. maybe how has that evolved? So the the original idea came from my co-founder Bill. We were actually uh, physics lab partners back at Colgate. So Bill was uh, <laughs> Bill was physics and mathematics. I was physics and philosophy. Bill was Columbia JD. I was Columbia MBA. Bill was Sherman's Travel, Travelocity, and LastMinute.com, and I was Morgan Stanley, Hulahan Loki, and Macquarie. So um, Bill contacted me about four years ago, um, around the time when Trivago was was acquired by Expedia for about a billion dollars, and the vision was essentially to do something that no one has done before, um, which was to be able to aggregate and go after every room on the planet. Everybody always had subsets. They were either the luxury hotels, the hotel chains. They were the uh, OTAs themselves that just aggregated small pieces of the market. But nobody really tried to be the Google of accommodation search, which is exactly what we are. So in the air industry, there's uh, the global distribution system competing GDSs. Is there an equivalent in the hotel space? There is, and most of that most of that exists, and that's exactly where where we fit in. So we, you could either try and plug in with, with a global GDS platform or system which exists, but that system in and of itself still only aggregates a small piece it's of the entire market. limited inventory. Yeah, it's limited inventory, not only from a hotel perspective. So in other words, number one, you'll get the traditional hotels that you'll find on the, the traditional OTAs. Um, but what about the luxury hotels? Or what about the off-beaten path hotels like the Brando Hotel? Um, then what about the consistently growing vacation rental market. I mean, since we started the company um, about three and a half, four years ago, uh, the vacation rental market has taken on a life of its own. I mean, Airbnb right now has over 3.9 million listings, of which back when we first started the company had less than 950,000. So the, the vision that we had was to create an infrastructure and an architecture from day one with the vision of going after every room on the planet, whether it paid us a fee, whether it didn't pay us a fee, whether they had an API or didn't, um, we were going to be able to integrate them and aggregate them on our site. And that's exactly what we've done. What is, how has uh, working with these partners like impacted that infrastructure while you're building up a platform that brings them all together? If Airbnb you know, switches to like instant booking, for instance, does that impact 
you know, it's a huge asset. It's a huge value. Uh, it's a huge improvement for us hmm. because when we first started the product, um, a lot of this inventory was listed offsite. So if you remember the back in the days, which still exists, bedandbreakfast.com, a lot of that inventory you have to actually phone in and call to actually book a reservation. So that actually impacts the ROI, that impacts the customer experience. As most of these players start pushing into instant book, which is a really powerful trend taking place in the market right now, we've actually seen about 192% increase year on year in the volume of instant book inventory at Airbnb right now. It's about 1.3 million listings out of the 3.6 million listings on the site. So about 35, 36% of their total inventory. And there are a few things to talk about on that front, which is um, the the ROI spec, meaning the cost to acquire the customers. If you're buying customers on Google AdWords and you're driving them to your site and then you're sending them e- either vis-a-vis a phone call to actually reserve a booking or an online booking where you're communicating with a host, that's what I'll call slippage, right? You're spending dollars to acquire a customer, but the customer is transacting offline. That, that, that hurts. Um, but with the instant book trend, that actually means you shore up your ROIs. It means you also increase conversion. So now it's click, click, book versus click, click, inquire, or click, click, phone. That's a fantastic opportunity for folks like Expedia, mm-hmm. excuse me, for folks like Airbnb and others, which is the other reason why all of uh, booking.com's vacation rental inventory is guess what instant book because that's exactly their model where Airbnb is a slightly different that's the first piece of instant book but the other piece that people don't realize which which is what I've been which is kind of my mantra is the instant book trend not only shores up the ROIs but what it really does in my opinion is is it becomes kind of a a sustainable competitive barrier to entry for folks like Airbnb. What do I mean by that? Well, in, um, I think it was June, November of 2014, Airbnb raised a billion dollars and they got a $10 billion valuation. Now, actually, I think it was, it was close to November of 2013. Um, and they got comped to a company called Wyndham Hotels. Now, Wyndham Hotels had about a $10 billion, um, excuse me, about a $10 billion public valuation. Uh, They had about a million hotels in their inventory. And they were saying, well, Airbnb has a million hotels, a million listings in their site, therefore they should garner this $10 billion valuation. Fine. And they raised a billion dollars off that. Now, the the issue that I had when they did that was, well, it's kind of unfair to compare them to Wyndham, even though they have the same number of units. Wyndham has a contract with Wyndham Hotels. If you're a property manager, that's one contract. Well, if you're a property owner an Airbnb, a property owner, you could list it on Airbnb, you can list it on VRBO, on HomeAway, on One Fine Stay, and all the different vacation rental sites that are out there. You can list it out there on your own. So the valuation didn't make sense. What's interesting about Instant Book is, is that, okay, I might be a property owner, and I might have it listed in five or six different vacation rental sites, but I've listed it as Instant Book on Airbnb. What does that mean? That means that now you really can't list it as Instant Book on other sites because it's Instant Book. So that, uh, that kind of almost pushes out the other folks from that market. So once you've converted to instant book, it really actually shores up the inventory on Airbnb, not only from an ROI perspective, customer acquisition perspective, but also from the fact that, well, if, you, if you're a property owner, you've listed in multiple sites, and you've, li- you've decided to go instant book on one because it's giving you the most revenues, you're probably not going to start using the other sites, or you can't list it as instant book on the other sites, which is, which is a pretty powerful trend. Well, so part of that Airbnb valuation, though, is based on 
marketing brand and their intangible assets, right? Yeah, it's the, not and, just yeah, the, Wyndham doesn't have the brand that Airbnb does. Yeah, but Wyndham's been around. Well, I would I would somewhat disagree. I mean, how long has Wyndham been around for, right? So the way the way they the way they valued it was they looked at the number of units and they divided the they said, okay, here's the valuation divided by the number of units. And then, and it's been pretty consistent for Airbnb right now, right? So if you look at the last valuation for Airbnb, they're close to the thirty billion, thirty-five-ish billion-dollar valuation. Well, guess what? Look at the number of units they have on their site, right? It's about three point five, three point six million units. So that that trend has continued for them. Whatever that valuation valuation per unit has continued for them. Um, it sounds it sounds like uh, an easy way for them to justify a really big number. Basically. It is. And look, and there are other components of it too that have worked well for them, right? So, so the 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 delta between them and a VRBO or home away, and we can spend time talking about that if you guys want. Um, so they got acquired December of. So think about this. So roll the clock back. Wyndham, ten billion dollar valuation, about a million accommodations on their site. Airbnb, ten billion dollar valuation, a, a million listings on their site. Homeaway VRBO, nine hundred and fifty thousand listings on their site. The public valuation of that company was two point nine billion. Okay, mm. why? Why the huge and and VRBO HomeAway has been around for a lot, lot longer than Airbnb and others. So the challenge between the dis, the, the delta between those two was that VRBO HomeAway was what I'll call a paid Craigslist model, where you paid five hundred dollars, seven hundred fifty dollars, a thousand dollars a year to list your product up. And if you got one transaction, if you got a hundred transactions, you kept one hundred percent of that margin. Whereas Airbnb came along. And um, they get, you know, fifteen percent commission, right? And that commission is very, very equivalent to that fifteen percent commission is very, very equivalent to guess what? What the OTAs get, you know, Booking.com, Expedia, Orbitz, Travelocity, those guys get anything between a thirteen to eighteen percent vig off a hotel booking. So the the comp there is really interesting. Now layer that layer that that model that that. Um, that VIG model that you see in the OTA market, layer that into the Airbnb vacation rental market. Interesting. Now, as you start watching the instant book trend, like I said, if you look at the top line numbers for Airbnb, year-on-year growth has come down. So two, three years ago, it was 300%. Two years ago, it was 200%. This year, it's about 97% year-on-year growth in top line inventory. But the instant book trend is about 192% year-on-year. So what does that mean? So now combine the VIG OTA model with the instant book model, click, click, book. That's interesting. Look at the vacation rental trend in Priceline and Booking.com, which has been increasing quite substantially. There's over 712,000 vacation rental listings on Booking.com right now, which didn't really exist three years ago. So layer that into how much vacation rental inventory you're seeing growing on Expedia slash HomeAway now because they got acquired. Um, and then how much uh, hotel inventory is actually showing up in Airbnb. There's actually 49,000 hotels showing up in Airbnb. So what most people aren't paying attention to is, is does at some point in time, forget about tripping, becoming a new OTA, you know, Expedia has got some, you know, headwinds ahead of them with respect to figuring out home away. And we can spend time talking about that. But does Airbnb at some point in time become the next OTA? Which, when you start looking at the tea leaves, it, it starts to feel that way. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Airbnb a year from now has flights available, if they start to plug into a, a traditional GDS and offer that, that'll it. That'll be interesting. Those, I think yeah. flights will be. Yeah, the, the the challenge for me is going to be this. I think, I don't think you're going to see any substantial changes. This is my gut. Any substantial changes in Airbnb's business model until after they go public. 
there's such an aversion to all this old school stuff, mm-hmm. hotels, and they, they just, it's about the experience, it's about the customer, it's about, you know, something, you know, unique and different. Like, when they start getting public pressure, which they don't have to deal with right now, but when they go public and they start having to deal with public pressure, then I, I think you'll start seeing some of those things shift. That's my gut. Because right now they don't, like, you know, life is good, right? Yeah. So where would you, um, just to get on that same train, if you are sourcing from Airbnb and VRBO and everywhere, but where are you finding the hotel partners then? Is that through, um, like, a, like a wholesaler, like Tarico so or something like that? So think of it this way. Like think of it the same way that Google, does Google go, the same way that Google would go out and organize and catalog the internet, mm-hmm. we would do the same thing. We do the same thing. So, yeah, okay. so, so some partners pay Google to advertise, some partners don't, right? That's PPC versus SEO. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't I don't really care. Like meaning that that if you're a site and you exist and you have inventory on it and we find it interesting and worthy, it'll be on our site. Full gotcha. stop end of story. And if 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 you want to talk to us, we'd love that. And if you don't want to talk to us, well too bad. It's gonna show up. So it, it seems like you're able to run kind of a few different business models off of what you're doing right now. Um, do you have a sense of which of those business models can ultimately win out over the others? I think I think they all three of them have the ability to win out. Um, you know, I think when you start looking at when you start looking at at features like um, our growth right now, we're, we're up three three hundred and fifty four hundred percent year on year, um, and that's our, on our consumer side alone, um, and that's without doing any Google AdWords or paid advertising. Right, that's pure organic. Um, one of the features of that is is when your mission is to aggregate and catalog the internet and organize it in a nice, fantastic, easy-to-use fashion, you're also doing that from um, an infrastructure perspective. And what that means is is Google goes out, they crawl the internet, they crawl through booking.com, but that's interesting, you have 415,000 hotels. And then uh, Expedio, that's interesting, you have 353,000 plus a million vacation rentals. And they crawl through booking Airbnb, you've got 3.6, 3.7 million listings. And then they crawl through all the rooms and they say, wait a minute, you guys have 15.9 million listings and you've organized them all in their nice little neat polygon distributed geocoded buckets. And you've made the site time and the upload time and image. Like, you've literally done our job for us. Therefore, you must be the authority in the space. And that's exactly what happens. Like We actually outrank mm-hmm. Airbnb and HomeAway and Booking.com and, and even TripAdvisor and some of the, their own inventory because of that. When you say outrank, you mean in terms of Google SEO? Yeah. Wow, it's pretty cool. So the the, the the vision really is is when you when you when you when your goal is to aggregate and catalog all the accommodations on the internet um, or across the planet, then three or four different things fall out of it. One is this great consumer product. The other is is the data, the data and the analytics. Like all the analytics I'm giving you right now, you know, come from our industry insights. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. So that's extremely interesting because this is kind of a zigzag, you know, the entire industry is zigging towards spending as much branding and marketing money as they possibly can to yeah. get mind share of the consumer. You're saying we're going to spend none of that money and we're going to get it organically through just having a pure product. And it has its limits, right? There's no, like, so you have to, you have to pick and choose your battles, right? So on one end of the spectrum, you could be the luxury hotel with, you know, a a fantastic place that owns the customer and owns the experience and owns the higher margin that has its own rub to begin with, right? So how do you acquire the customers? How do you acquire the visitors? 
what does that whole ecosystem look like? That's one end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum is to be at the very, very top of the funnel and to be able to aggregate and catalog everything and have the customer come in. And that has its own, you know, um, challenges as well, which is you're getting a fee of a fee, so you're never able to actually acquire the customer. I can never win against the luxury hotel or against Priceline dollar for dollar. It's just never going to work. Though Trivago figured out a way to do it. We can talk about how it is that they've done that, which is really interesting. Um, but you're never going to win on that front. So where is it that you can win? And you can win if you double, if not triple down on your original vision, which is what we've done. You know, Expedia, Orbitz, Travel, I mean, Priceline, any of these names that you are referencing, all of them are household names. They're spending, you know, almost liquor money Billions, yeah. to get their, their names out there. Uh, you said your ranking, of course, higher in, in Google. In some cases, yeah. What else are you doing um, to to get the word out there? Is it mostly rank? Are you are you you know so, so how are you optimizing? Here? There, there's a few things to talk about, right? So we're a pretty early stage company, um, three and a half years old. Sorry, 2013 or two? It was incorporated 2013, but we didn't get okay. our first funding till like June of 2014. So when did you we, start developing? We started developing like in January mm. of 2014. Um, and we, we've got a, some pretty sophisticated investors, including Michael Loeb from Loeb Enterprises. If you guys ever watched that show, Billions, he's yep. the guy that owns House and Billions, co-founder of Priceline. He actually just came in for a significant amount more in our, our last round, um, and has been appointed to the board. Uh, Brian Cohen, New York Angels, Barbara Corkin Ventures, um, Harvard Business School Angels, Wharton Business School Angels, Alpine Meridian, and a few others. So sophisticated group of investors. Um, so the way to think about it is a fewfold. One is the original vision and mission. The other is is the tech stack, the organization of the tech stack, the people that we've been working with um, on our SEO side. There's about three or four really sophisticated guys in the industry um, that have helped us optimize and organize all of that. Um, and there, there's a lot of other features to talk about. There's the customer experience pieces. There's the other silos that we have in terms of destination pages, in terms of event product, in terms of attraction pages, um, that's just, again, one small silo, right? So if you're going to ask me right now whether or not I believe I can win, I mean, you bring up a really interesting point. Well, these guys are spending billions of dollars. How do you expect to win? Um, I think it's a little bit egregious and a little bit too much bravado to say that I can win. But if you're going to tell me, can I play and can I play well, I, I, I think we can. So it sounds like you're focusing on digital as a, as a, an opportunity, and then uh, also leveraging the the B two B play that you're. And that's the way to do it. Like and, and like I said, so when you when you're organizing and cataloging the internet, um, in terms of accommodations, all these different pieces fall out of it, and it's the same infrastructure that we use to drive traffic is the same infrastructure that I use to say, hey Joe, I want to know how many hotels, vacation rentals houseboats and couches are in Hell's Kitchen, New York. And I mm -hmm. want to track that trend from now to the past four or five years. And I want to track occupancy rates and ADRs and everything else going forward. And I can pull up my laptop, run the query and give it to you right now. Now, your, your co-founder, he's a technical co-founder or? Technical co-founder, yeah. What advice would you want to lend going into this? Now, of course, you had complementary skill sets that made sure. sense here. But um, what types of learnings did you... Uh, have come out by going along this journey in the last three, three so, and a half years? So it's a great question, and I'm glad you asked it. So I, I'd probably say the, the one of the, the, the most important part of 
a customer-facing product is your acquisition strategy, right? How is it that you're going to acquire customers? How is it you're going to con- you're going to convert customers, and how is it going to keep them, right? Nowadays, n- not to say not to dismiss the the tech piece of it, but but and every situation is different, right? So if if I had a, a different marketing team, then I'd probably say tech is the biggest issue, right? So tech has not been necessarily though it is a challenge, though it's um, always a challenge. We had that technical expertise in house that made it digestible and easy to kind of run with. Um, so from my perspective, at least sitting here, just given the decisions we made, and again, you can't make decisions that complement everything, but given the decisions that we made to do everything and be everything, um, marketing and, and customer acquisition for a consumer pricing product is critical. And then I'd probably say sales for the B2B side is also critical, right? So you, you've got to bring on board people that are spending their time waking up, eating, sleeping, breathing, you know, partnerships in B2B sales. Otherwise, it doesn't happen. Like you can have, you can have the best tech in the world, um, but if you can't get it out there and you can't acquire the customer and you can't keep the customer, then that just that just becomes, oh, you can have the best idea in the world, right? I mean, look at Trivago. Trivago is not necessarily the best idea, but they have a fantastic cost. I mean, they spend 86% of every dollar they make on marketing. 86% of every dollar they make on marketing. Back on that that uh, that same um, thought, you mentioned that Trivago does have the opportunity to win customers. So, yeah, so let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah So, so the, the, the Trivago strategy is this, is what I'll call the PPC Google AdWords arbitrage strategy. And what do I mean by that? So if you roll the clock back 10 years and you did a search for... Ho- you said that one more time? Yeah, that was yeah, very... Yeah, really yeah, really yeah. Sorry. It's a former <laughs> banker in me that comes out of just like... <laughs> I, I like sleep, eat, and breathe this stuff. So it's... So Google AdWords, uh, PPC, so paid per click, right. arbitrage strategy. Mm-hmm. So meaning that they, they acquire customers, customers come in through the acquisition funnel, and they pass them on through, right? So what do I mean by arbitrage? It's essentially zero risk, but high margin for them. So let's just walk through a few examples. So, so basically, they're really good at acquiring customers and then passing them on Bingo. to exactly. Priceline and Expedia. And we'll, we'll talk about exactly, specifically Priceline and Expedia. Now, this is how I would I would kind of paint the landscape. So if you roll the clock back 10 years and you did a search for Google AdWords in New York City, for hotels in New York City, excuse me, um, you probably would get all free advertising, all SEO, which is why... TripAdvisors was so successful back then. The other reason why TripAdvisor is having issues right now. So the first piece of it is, is so do a search for hotels in New York now, right? And what do you see? Or call it four years ago, what did you see? You saw three paid advertising spots, probably Priceline, Expedia, Orbitz, and then you saw SEO. If you do this search now, what do you see? Do you, I mean, for anyone on the phone, anyone listening in, excuse me, um, get in front of your computer and do hotels in New York. I, I don't have a computer in front of me, but I bet the first one is is Booking.com, then it's Expedia, then it's probably TripAdvisor, then it's Trivago, and then it's everyone's Rosie. typing on their, on their computers now to kind of prove me wrong. But don't don't give us the answers. Just go with it. Guys. <laughs> uh, then, then what you'll see is what I'll call the Google Magic Card, which is this card that shows up that occupies real estate in the page. The key thing is this, is is let's just go through the math really quick. So if, you, if you're paying Google, let's say you're paying $20 a click to rank at the top of that page. It's very, very high demand Mm -hmm. page, right? Mm -hmm. And let's say your conversions are probably 20%. So you're paying $20, you get 20% conversion. Customer comes on through to booking.com, they acquire the customer, they convert them, 
Now, now we can spend time talking about what the three pillars are, in my opinion, for success in terms of the OTA market, which includes this 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 Google AdWords PPC model. Mm-hmm. Um, the second piece is what I'll call conversion efficiency, which Booking.com does very well. And then the last piece is having scale and inventory in a market. We can get to that in a second. So you're, you're back on the Google AdWords page. You do a search for New York City hotels. Booking.com shows at the top of the page they're paying $20 for a 20% conversion. Next down the spectrum is probably Expedia. Expedia is probably paying $10 for a 15% conversion. Then there's Orbitz or or TripAdvisor. They're probably paying $5 for a 7% conversion. So the fourth tier is a new tier, and that's the tier where Trivago tends to show up. Now, what Trivago probably did or... What ends up happening is Trivago raises his hand and says, hey, I want to show up on, on your site. And, Triv- and, book- and Google says, okay, sure, but you know, take this fourth spot, pay me a dollar, and the conversions are probably 3% or 4%, right? For those listening at home, Trivago is the fourth one. Look at that, baby. Yeah, yeah, just like that. You know, you know what's wrong on, on mine? And I made that whole thing up, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so on mine, Trivago is the first one. Which is interesting. interesting. Dude, are you, doing, are you doing the same search for New York City hotels? Let me see. What did you do? I did hotels in New York. I did hotel rooms in New York. Oh, you screwed oh. it up, man. <laughs> well, part hotels of it, it sounds York. like what you're describing is uh, also like a, it's basically a creative strategy towards PPC. So when you look for a max bid of only $7, you know that that's the fourth place spot then you can basically write ad copy and, and serve only to the smaller spots in hopes that you basically get the ancillary. Right, but no, but, the, but see, the, the other piece of the equation is this. Is so, so that's, that's, just, that's just the landscape, right? So mm. the landscape is Booking.com, Expedia, TripAdvisor, Trivago, right? And then the Google AdWords Hotel Finder, which now kills all the SEO, which is why TripAdvisor is having so many issues. But that, that's only one piece of the equation. The other piece of the equation is this. Flip it over to TripAdvisor. Okay. How does a TripAdvisor model work? So as I mentioned before, they only aggregate, only work with players that have qualified APIs and that pay PPC, which ironically enough is Expedia and Booking.com and, and pr- pretty few others. That's why you don't see Venerate. That's why you don't see Agoda. That's why you don't see Ctrip on Trivago, but you will find them on our site. So the way they work is this. Trivago is only concerned about passing folks on through one piece of the acquisition funnel, right? From customer comes in, does a search, and I send them on through. They don't care what happens after you send them. So CPA versus CPC, every time you click that visit deal, that stupid green visit deal button on Trivago's site, they get paid about a dollar on average. Different geographic locations, different markets. It could be 25 cents. It could be six bucks. On average, they get paid a dollar. The average customer's it clicks 2.5 times. So on average, every time a customer comes to their site, they make about $2.50. Okay. So you're Trivago, you make $2.50 every time the average customer comes on through. Okay, I want to advertise in Google AdWords. Well, it costs me $20 to rank at the top spot. I can't afford that because the ROIs don't work. Cost me $10 to rank. That doesn't work. You know, okay, well, the, the third spot is is five bucks. I still can't afford that. So what do they do? They say, Google, can I rank in the fourth spot and I'll pay you a dollar? And Google's saying, well, sure, why not? I'll, I'll do it because it works out. And then they make a dollar that comes into their site, right? But the challenge is this. So now they can make a dollar. They spend a dollar. They make $2.50. They get $1.50. What do they do with the other $1.50, right? They can't compete, you know, rank second tier to go from, you know, 2.5% conversion in fourth spot to 6 or 7% conversion. They take the other dollar twenty because they have to spend some money in tech, and they spend it on guess what? TV advertising. 
So it's the TV advertising plus the fourth tier spot that does what to conversions? It takes the conversions from 3% at fourth tier to guess what? 6, 7, 10% at fourth tier. So the click-throughs that they're getting at a fourth tier rating mm-hmm. are higher than the click-throughs that you would get. So they're, they're getting higher click-throughs, they're paying lower PPC because they're using the additional dollars to do TV advertising. So that's, that's where the whole equation comes together. So it's TV advertising plus not Google AdWords in terms of the top tier, but in terms of like fourth tier. This is why the booking.com TV advertising didn't work because they were already paying 20 bucks to be at the top of the spec. So you're so saying they, I see a commercial on television, I'm watching, you know, I'm watching TV, see a commercial for Trivago, I end up going on a search because it's now a familiar name or a brand, and I'm just going to go straight to them. On exactly. The so tier. even though it's fourth tier, the conversions have increased. So they had because higher the conversions. Exactly. So the TV branding in combination with yeah. lower PP, this is why the booking.com advertising didn't work because they did the booking.com, you know, book it dot, yeah, which was brilliant, mm-hmm. but they were already paying top tier pricing. So they're paying twenty dollars a they're click. They're getting sunk at that point. Uh, yeah, but then you're not going to go from three percent to six percent conversion. Yeah. Fourth, you're going to go from twenty percent to twenty-two percent. Like it, the the math doesn't work, mm-hmm. right? But it works when you're at that. So they fourth slot at that. They've perfected that 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 ROI model. Now, the challenge for me is is that's really interesting. It's really creative. The three or four things that concern me are seventy-two percent of the revenue has come from two players. 85, 86% of every dollar gets spent on Google AdWords in this PPC arbitrage model. Mm -hmm. Okay, what happens when Booking.com says, shit, I'm not going to pay 20 bucks to be ranked top tier. I'm going to pay, you know, I want to be ranked fourth tier, right? So... So you got to think about that piece of the equation. The model could break. Yeah. Right? It's a very, in my opinion, I'm not close to it. This yeah, it's is sensitive. Out. It has no, to it's be sensitive. super vulnerable. It's, it sounds super vulnerable, right? Mm-hmm. The other thing to think about is this, is this is how I see it. Again, I could be wrong because I'm making all this up anyway. So, um, so <laughs> on the OTA side, right? Think of it this way. Uh, and this is the reason why I use $20 and everything else. So... Uh, ex- uh, excuse me. So Booking.com makes fifteen percent, right? Fifteen percent VIG. Assume every transaction is a hundred dollar transaction. Assume every VIG is a hundred is fifteen percent. Assume every conversion is a hundred percent conversion, just for conversation purposes. So a consumer comes in, they book a room on Booking.com. It costs them, they'll spend the twenty dollars to rank high, right? To get the fifteen in the to door. get the fifteen, but they lose five. Why do mm-hmm. they lose five? Yeah, because they got the customer. Yeah, the customer. So they mm-hmm. include that in lifetime value. So, but then why is it that they're feeding into into but into do you Trivago? Find that- but the reason why they're feeding into Trivago is is because on Meta the customer doesn't sign in, mm-hmm. so they don't own the customer. So they'll they'll give Trivago two percent, fifteen percent. They'll give them the full mm-hmm. vig. They'll yeah. give them the full fifteen percent because I get to acquire the customer for fifteen, not twenty, and I get the lifetime value, yeah. right? So that that's why as long as that 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 structure exists, they'll keep feeding that beast. Do you think that? Brand is super important, or uh, like consumers are brand loyal when it comes to OTAs. So I don't, I don't, because uh, I mean, so as a former we, banker, when we're like, traveling, we just go and yeah, look exactly. at everything. I mean, yeah. uh, we go to the regular spots and and you compare everything. Yeah. Many would say no, and that price is king in this market. But well, I mean, yeah. you guys were about to book a two or three thousand dollar room in Santorini. I mean, I so thought he was saying sixteen thousand. Peter, what happened to the budget? Sorry, there. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I discounted that quite a bit. I'm just waiting for that loan to come through. I don't believe, like, I don't believe in. Um, so, so Airbnb has done a fantastic job of this, and as a former banker, like, the word love never comes up, but they've done they've done a fantastic job of creating like love. And, mm-hmm. and the reason why they've done it is, as I roll back the clock to the the Saturn days, that that stupid car that everybody had, and 
Those people, it was like a cult. They like don't those manufacture guys. Saturns anymore? No. I don't know. Yeah, what? It, no. Oh, my <laughs> God. Is that really only funny that <laughs> now? Oh, my God. This is one of the guys I'm talking about. Exactly. Yeah. So these guys, like, they love their car. They would jump in this thing. They'd all drive out to the desert. They'd have these stupid parties. Like, it was like a cult, yeah, right? Saturn? This is the they, shittiest I know, car but the they, there was something about them that, like, they had this, they created this really strong cult following. Okay. So Airbnb has a very similar cult following. Now, now the thing that Airbnb has done very well is... It's a twofold strategy. It's not just the customer who's going and experiencing new places in different places. It's also the host that, guess what? They've, they're, mon- they're figuring out a way to make money, right? So the way I think about it is, um, you know, mom in Queens who graduated two sons who no longer live in her house, lives three or four blocks away from St. John's University. So now she is sitting on her most valuable asset, her most illiquid asset, mm-hmm. and what does she do with it? So we can roll back the clock to the Bruce Greenwald days where we lower interest rates and everyone takes out a home equity loan and you know they spend it on whatever they want to spend yeah, it on. We get know that what, variable rate going. Yeah, we know where that we know where that story ended, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so so here's here's a really interesting tool, right, to help you monetize your most illiquid asset without having to sell it. It's your home. She can put it in Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Yep. She can make a few, a couple thousand extra bucks a month, which goes a long way for her, by just putting it up, taking a few pictures, and monetizing your most illiquid yeah. asset. Then use the parking lot, the, the garage for another one. And uh, so, so they've they've created love from two perspectives: love from yeah. a customer who actually travels and visits, but also love from the perspective that Both hey, I'm a host. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm making two or three thousand bucks extra a month. Hell yeah! And now everybody's talking about it, right? So that that whole like cultish Saturnish following like doesn't really exist with the other OTAs I wonder why Saturn is the brand that you reference I don't know are you a big I'm Saturn like, I'm guy an old, I'm an old freaking dude like no you know like Mazda Miata guys are the same way you look like a Mazda Miata guy no no chance you definitely had one at one point no chance convertible cherry red I would have thought of Harley Davidson oh thanks man I appreciate that is it the beard oh oh weird weird <laughs> that's my man that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> no Harley Davidson's got extreme brand loyalty oh, yeah. still to this day unlike Saturn but they are they are yeah. shitty bikes like sure the Triumph is like a but, much but better I, 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 I think more with this Harley. analogy I mean it doesn't matter right they're 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 well they, they lose money on the bikes and they make money on the yeah, gear so I, I was so. going back yeah and I was going back to the whole like notion of like is there loyalty like they're, they're really like there really isn't, but Airbnb has, has they've done it. They've done it, and they, that's that's what they've optimized their business yeah. around. There's a few well, reasons think, why I, they've done it. I think it. the sharing economy overall can incentivize people in that same you know kumbaya sure. moment, but um, it's the UI UX that Airbnb just kills it on. So fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, so listen, with that, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to go a little bit personal uh, with with Joe over here. Uh, well, I mean, you leave that to us, I guess. You can filter whatever you want to filter, but we're going to try going. And that's our third segment, our last segment, and that's going to be Off the Beaten Path. Um, and stick with us. We'll be right back. If you're a business decision maker, you should listen to this. The show you're listening to is produced by Mouth Media Network, a podcasting network focused on the business of lifestyle. Because of our team's background and deep connections with brands, influencers, and ecosystems, we offer a tremendous opportunity to bring your company's message and products in front of decision makers from several verticals, including fashion, beauty, travel, materials and textiles, health and fitness, and lifestyle. 
To explore opportunities to partner, email us at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. And now, on with the show. Welcome back to Travel Is Your Business, guys. It's time for personal questions with... Off the beaten path. That's right. It's off the beaten path where we ask our guest uh, some more human level questions, I guess is a good way to phrase it. Uh, And this is asked randomly and we decide the order of uh, who asks the questions with announcements uh, from our airline personnel. Ladies and gentlemen, would passenger John Matson please report to gate 23A? Sounds like you, Mr. John Matson. Cool. Hey, Joe. Hey. Um, Talk to me. Hey, to start, uh, where are you from originally? I'm from Queens. You're from yeah, Queens. I could have guessed All that. Right. Are you from St. John's Street University area? <laughs> 188 Actually, Street, where are you from? Like three blocks away from the Dunkin' Donuts that's there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Nice. Um, I used to work out with uh, Tribe Cold Quest and LL Cool J. New York City, oh, yeah. represent, represent. LL Cool J. Do you even know what LL Cool J stands for? Yeah, man. Ladies, ladies love Cool James, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Did you love. know that for like the first two years? Probably well, no, not. Yeah, probably. Really? I mean, you I grew up in New Hyde Park, I, yeah. which is kind of off the block from Hollis. Really? And like, really? we just had mad love for, you know, a lot of the guys that came out of that. That's funny. So, yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. Back to this question. That was the question. Um, yeah, no, that's it. That's, that's all that's it good. is. Yeah, right. well, right. yeah, cool. when they were a good when they had a Saint basketball John's program. They do. Felipe they still Lopez. do. Oh, yeah, Those guys I mean, still they, do. Yeah, they, sure, it's like their biggest. They thing. do, but I mean, I know, but for like they went Queens, through some hell of a scandal pretty, for a little while. What was just the off the map? Nah, it was, really? some, it was touching people. It was uh, a touching people scandal. One of those things. Yeah, <laughs> it was one of those. <laughs> one, of, one, of those. <laughs> one of those. That's, that's a that broad may not category. be accurate, but I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm just going to go category. with that. Yeah. Just, let's leave it at that. that broad, broad stroke. <laughs> um, well, uh, based on anywhere you've traveled, is there somewhere else that you would have found interesting to grow up in? You know, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I've I've traveled quite a bit, though. There are a few p- places left in my bucket list, um, but. Every time I go somewhere, I always try and envision myself like living there. Um, but there's something about New York. I actually had a short stint in L.A. I lived in. Um, I lived. I lived a pretty crazy life. I had a convertible Porsche. I was living in Santa Monica. I had more windows and walls looking at the ocean. I was dating Kanye West's personal assistant. I was uh, working out all the time with like Lou Ferrigno at, at Gold's gym, not with him personally, but he would show up and Arnold Schwarzenegger, those guys. And I hated every minute of it. Um, I think it's New York. New York is my city. It's, it's just something about it that just always drug me back. So, so no. All right. And the next one, there are so many images that come in my head with those three in a gym together. <laughs> so and why Kanye's assistant? Why not Kanye's, uh, I don't know. Cause she's the one that like, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. That's the one that went with, but I hated. it. I couldn't, I just, I just couldn't Ladies do it. Like it's, she works for, who's, what's that, um, that sushi place, pop sugar. Yep. Yep. Yeah. She works for him now. Nice. Yeah. I don't talk to her very often, but right. often enough. Often enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I stalk her ass on, on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> but yeah, New York's my place. All right, well, uh, and next up is... Attention passengers, would Peter Crysdale please pick up your luggage at the information counter? Peter. So, Joe, we talked a lot about advertising. Uh, as a former finance guy, were you always kind of into the numbers of advertising? Is it just sort of a pure numbers thing for you? Did you have a favorite ad growing up? Um, I, I wasn't an advertising guy. I, Columbia, I was focused on finance. Um, 
So it's not something that I've always been, I've been driven by. Um, Do you just love ads? I mean, is it, I mean, but it's something that I think I have a natural like take for. And sure. and I think when you're, when you're the co-founder and CEO of anything, like you just, you just have to naturally pick up the ball wherever it's needed. So I've, I've played everything between sales and marketing and head of analytics to CTO to, you know, cleaning up the bathrooms, right? Like that's, that's just the job. Um, so, so advertising has been a big piece of the equation. Um, I just always look at it from the perspective of, I can sit here and, and you always make choices, right? And you can always complain or cry or want something else, or you could look at what strengths you have and what weaknesses you have. And, um, when I look at the company, I look at the strengths we have, which are numerous, um, and the, the point really is, is to double down on those strengths and shore up the weaknesses. And that's where the, the marketing equation kind of comes from. So have you seen an example of an ad that you really loved, maybe even outside the travel industry, where you just thought that was a really smart way to go about this? You know, nothing that really comes to mind. Um, I don't watch much TV anymore, so that's, that's kind of tough. For some reason, I'm always reminded of the serial commercials. Somehow, like those guys, like really Captain Crunch or like Cocoa Puffs, like they're still in my head. Like somehow they figured out a way to like get in there and stick in there. But but it doesn't work yeah, exactly. But it doesn't work yeah. because I don't like I don't buy it. It's yeah. just stuck in my head, <laughs> it's just right? Still so, in there, like, <laughs> rattling around. So I guess it works to some degree, but does it work in an? I mean, it probably worked more on mom and dad, but that was probably because I complained about it. Yeah. The more yeah. I think about it, I can name like six or seven different really? like serial. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the one that somehow sticks in my head. Yeah, tricks are for kids. Tricks are for kids. All yeah. your nose. Well, what about the what do you call it ones? The it was Captain was the, the vampire the the Count Chocula. Count Chocula. This guy. And what's the other one? Then, Count Chocula. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Count Chocula. And then there was the there was the fruity pebbles. Fruity pebbles. But there well, there was a whole like lineup of like there was a Franken there was a Frankenberry Frank Frankenberry and then there was the ghost one that was colored oh, blue. Oh, forgot See? about the ghost one. That what was like that my one? favorite. Yeah. <laughs> but um, they had came with a whole series of like yep. advertisements. Tony the Tiger. Oh yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. Um, the Honey Nut Cheerios B. What was his mm. name? Dude, you're was crushing cool. it, man. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Keep, Keep this coming. guy away from the got? supermarket. <laughs> Don't stop here. <laughs> Booberry. Well, what, what's Boo-berry. crazy? What, what is crazy oh. about those? If you think about it, like I actually look at that as like, because think about it. Oh, think of Coca Cola, right? It's 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 sugar water, right? Flavored sugar water, which the Coca Cola industry is out, obviously having trouble now, but. But it's it's a generic product, right? Same thing with cereal. It's a generic product, right? So how do you take this generic product that is, and I always think about it from either a Warren Buffett perspective or from a value investing perspective, which is, okay, it's, it's you know, low barriers to entry, which means in theory, anybody can come in and replicate, and which you do. You see the generics all the time. Um, anyone can come in and replicate what you do. So I think about this industry too, very hyper-competitive, highly competitive, lots of folks in the place, in the space, Wild, wild west, there's no infrastructure, there's no market. So how is it that you win the customer? So I think Coca-Cola, I think um, the the cereal industry, I think anything that has a commoditized product, how do you take that commoditized product and turn it into something that has high margin, high customer appeal? I think of uh, the Jolly Green Giant, right? You're talking about vegetables, right? Frozen vegetables that you're selling. How is it that you... How do you, how do you, how do you take this commoditized product and monetize it and make it front of mind? That's kind of the rule in the industry, if you think about it, right? Yep. Did you, as a side note, um, the cereal boxes would always be placed on like lower shelves in grocery stores. Yep. And so the, kids the, can eyes, see them. the eyes of almost every cartoon character on the box itself were almost always looking down. 
Really? So that they're actually looking at, at the, the kids. At the kids. Yeah. How did you know that, dude? <laughs> that is spooky. That's some creepy stuff, yeah. Boo berry. Yeah. Wow. Spooky. Also, honeycombs yeah. and lucky charms. <laughs> They're all like painted by DeVucci. Like, yeah. Well, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. No, <laughs> that, that, but the, they just the funny thing is, is that when, when you're going <laughs> yeah. down the aisle, right, the kid, you, the mom would pick up the, the, the one that's in a bag. Mm-hmm. It's the same exact kind of version of what you wanted. And yep. No, no, no. You had to have the one in the box. Yeah, exactly. And they can charge an extra two or three bucks. Yeah, box. I, the, the market research showed that parents would buy it based on kids, kids. Yes. sitting and screaming and complaining in the aisle of the that's grocery right. store saying no but i want my honeycombs that's right that's exactly right yeah it's crazy but it worked and it's it's yep. it's so so i think about that from the perspective of look you're talking about a commoditized product which anyone could actually go in and produce that's why i take it back to the tech it's like okay you know people want to enter the travel space they want to go ahead and create a product well Okay, how many other people can actually, especially in today's day and, and age, right? You, how many people can actually create the tech that you're creating? That's number one, or replicate it from one perspective. But then the other piece is, is how do you market that? How do you get it out there? And sales and marketing is a big piece of it. Um, and then the challenges you run into in the travel space is it's a very hyper-competitive market. The barriers to entry are, you know, various and numerous, depending on kind of whether or not you're opening a luxury hotel or not. But the barriers to entry are, are pretty, you know. How many new travel startups do you see per week, right? Right. So the question is, is how do you actually market? But the consumer the demand is so high. There's always going to be. Yeah, I think I think companies it's, jumping in. Yeah, but I also think it's because there's no. Not that I'm advocating that's not that it should be. Um, but it's there's no regulation from it, right? So you can just come in and pretty much, you know, do what you want from a marketing perspective, or from a tech perspective, or whatever the case may be. Cool. Before you go on, I just thought I'd share. Uh, findings show that brand trust was 16% higher and the feeling of connection to the brand was 28% higher when the rabbit made eye contact. Get out of town. Uh, wow. Participants indicated liking tricks better compared to another cereal when the rabbit made eye contact. It showed the cereal box both characters that made eye contact increased positive feelings towards the product and encouraged consumers to See, isn't that crazy? And, like, and if, if for those that can hear that on the mic, that is our producer, Mark Royko, chiming in with some uh, fun tidbits over so there. That means what all that the rooms That went from 16 needs. to 28% conversion if the rabbit was looking at the child. So, so all the rooms just needs a cartoon character. That's it. <laughs> yeah. that, that, well, it can't just be a cartoon. It actually has to stare at you. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> and come up with a catchphrase. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Honeycomb, honeycomb, yeah. honeycomb. We want honeycomb. But, but it's crazy because that that is that is... That, from my perspective, think about it. Like that, that's exactly, in, in my opinion, where the missing piece is from most of these companies in the equation. I think it's exactly what TripAdvisor is going through right now. So they, they they create an entire business model based upon, which has been obviously very, very successful, based upon what I'll call a lean back model, right? Priceline, lean forward, you go in, you transact, you put in your search parameters. A TripAdvisor is what I'll consider almost like a magazine. And you can see the deltas and the multiples, right? So a, a Trivago, um, a, a Priceline, a Booking.com will get a seven, a five to seven times total EV to, to revenue multiple, whereas um, the media industry itself, like a Time Inc. and others, they'll get like a 0.85 times, right? Because it's a lean back model versus lean. Even though a Time Inc. gets multiples mm-hmm. more visitors, 350, 400 million visitors a month versus a Trivago's, you know, 50 million, right? Again, it's because of the two models are different. But when you look at Trip, Trip has got an interesting setup where what they did was they had content being written by, guess what, the consumer helped with SEO ranking, which is essentially free. Mm-hmm. And then they sold advertising space, travel advertising space, which is high margin space in the site. Let's go on to... Yeah. Yep. 
All right, cool, man. Well, listen, uh, well, let's uh, let's go into the last question, and I guess uh, I'll just wait for my name at this point. Attention, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, would passenger Pub and Ball please press your call button for the flight attendant? Oh, looks like me. Um, are you referenced it a couple times? Uh, fitness, whether it's uh, with Tribe or Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, and it's clear that today also fitness plays a pretty big role in your life. Um, sure. I'm wondering, can you? Can you tell? What's that? Can you tell? <laughs> Actually, no. You're looking a little lumpy, man. Fuck that. <laughs> I'm not going to gas you up. <laughs> and you and you may or may not go to the gym today. These right days. after this call. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm already thinking about it. <laughs> um, what relationship have you had with fitness through your life, and how does it help you with your day to day? Sure. Um, so I've been I've been working out since I was probably 14 years old. Um, it's a big part of my life. I actually used to be a competitive bodybuilder for a short period of time. Um, I was also a classical pianist and amongst other things. Mm. Um, but it, it just... Um, that is quite the character build yeah, right there. And so, physics uh, and philosophy and, and a <laughs> banker for a long time. Huh. Um, but but my point is this. is It's definitely been um, a grounding feature, especially if you're going to co-found and start a company. I mean, the volume of stress that comes at you um, there, there is a, there's a few secret sauces that have come up through the process, which is there's so many things that are thrown at you between whether it's payroll or employees or hiring or strategy or investors or raising money or strategy or ROI. I mean, it's just consumer experience. There's just so many things. And at the end of the day, you can only digest so many. Um, but as a co-founder and a CEO, you really have to spend your time focusing on the ones that have the highest ROI for the company, have the highest value prop for the company. Um, but there have been times through this experience where I haven't taken care of myself, where I haven't gone to the gym, where I haven't um, spent the time to recharge. And I had a lot of folks early on who told me, oh, you need to be sure you focus on that. And I thought they were full of shit. It was like, I know better than you. And and um, it's definitely a part of my, a part of the equation right now, part of the, part of your life that, it, you know, comes two o'clock, comes seven o'clock, it's on the calendar, everything stops and I go. Um, and if I don't go, then it starts to chip away at you and you're not thinking right. You're not executing correctly. You're not, you're mm-hmm. not sharpening your ax. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a very big piece of the equation and it's important. Like no matter what you do, you need to figure out and spend time focusing on yourself, focusing on, on, on whether it's running, swimming, whether it's some hobby or activity. Um, I always try and add something new in. So last month was, well, last quarter was acting lessons, which were great. This quarter is probably getting a motorcycle license, which is fun. Um, you always got to also add something new and challenging to the equation. That's away from work. That's away from other people. That's somewhat solitary. Um, it just helps you recharge and focus. Carrera nine eleven, or was it a boxer? Carrera nine eleven. My Carrera. man, oh, come on. Man. Right, I mean, Please. listen. I, black I'm black happy. Black you, a once you that's chuckled, like I knew. That's like such a waste of money, isn't it? I, it like hurts. It totally saying. hurts. I'm just saying. <laughs> Especially when you see a dude behind the wheel. It's just it's, really. <laughs> Before we leave off, yeah. uh, do you want to leave our uh, audience? I mean, I mean, you left, uh, you dropped a lot of nuggets of knowledge over there, but sure. do you want to leave a final thought, whether it's a reflection on this interview or overall in your sure. experience? So, so, guys, thanks again for having me here. This was great. It was a lot of fun. Um, you know, uh, if you guys get a chance, check out the site, alltherooms.com. Uh, That's with an S. Um, please email us. Uh, you can actually, if you actually go on site and say contact us, all of those emails actually come directly to me. Um, I like to know what's going on with the company and mm-hmm. with our customers and clients. Um, and if you've got any feedback or thoughts, just just drop us a line and, and we'll get back to you. Great. 
Good deal. Thanks, guys. Uh, So that's it for this interview and this uh, recording of Travel Is Your Business uh, with, uh, of course, Joe DiTomaso, the co-founder and CEO of All The Rooms. Uh, That was great. Thanks for uh, hanging with us tonight. I hope you uh, got as much out of the uh, interview as as we did. So thanks so much, Joe, for coming out. Thanks, guys. Yeah, appreciate it. And uh, for Peter Kreisel. Yeah, thanks, everyone. Thanks, Joe. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, I'm and, still ready to go. And John Madsen. Uh, bon voyage. And I'm Puff and Ball. Uh, we hope you enjoyed your stay. We'll see you next time. This has been Travel Is Your Business. To suggest guests or content for the show, or to become a sponsor, email us at podcast at travelisyourbusiness.com. Keep up with the show on social media at Travel Biz Show. That's Travel B I Z Show. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, along with our website, travelisyourbusiness.com. Produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved. No portion of the episode may be distributed or published without the express written permission of the producers. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.